This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome into the show, the DMD's Fantasy Football Show on our YouTube channel. Thank you all for tuning in live. We got a great one in store for you here today. It's Operation Domination Time, the full preview for week seven. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here by my co-host Chase Thornton and Adam LaRue. Maybe we'll have Chris, you know, momentarily. He's always a little latecomer. Uh, guys, you know, I, I wanted to come on the show today and say, hopefully, we can put the pitifulness that was week six and its low scoringness <laughs> behind us and all the injuries that came with it. But as I was just saying to Adam before we got on the show, I don't know that I can because not, not only do we have additional injuries to key players going into this week, but now we got six teams on by. <laughs> waiver wire by waiver wire rankings are like all right if you have a pulse you're inside my top 10 and uh, we have to take a look at you and it's just going to be it's going to be one ugly week of football if you are in a position to win it is a testament to the depth that you must have on your team and the luck of the fantasy football gods raining upon you because you must not be suffering from injuries the way the rest of us most certainly are i mean what, what are your thoughts here chase and adam how you guys doing Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing well, but yeah, I, I, you know, I love football. That's why I do this. That's why we do this. Obviously we're all here for it, but uh, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, you know, I know that at some point this weekend Packers are going to play and obviously I'm a Packer fan and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I look forward to it all week and it's kind of, it's been the same way with fantasy football. Like look forward to Sunday all week and yeah, get it started. Let's go and let's do this. But I know that it's not going to be enjoyable in any way, shape or form. And I'm going to have to just, put up with it and survive until the end of the Monday night game and then gear up again and do it all over again, starting Thursday night. So yeah, I had a, I got, I got raked over the coals last weekend. Uh, it was not, it was not a good time for, for any of my teams dynasty or, uh, or redraft. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I can make a little bit of a bounce back here. I, I was very, very active as active as you can be on the waiver wire with, like you said, six teams on a buy and, 876,542 guys on the injured reserve list. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been rough. But, hey, it's a new week. Let's it, get it going. It is a new week. It, it was a rough week, Chase, but you know the only thing that matters is that I beat you on both <laughs> go-downs, and I have now taken the lead. That is the only thing that matters. We had uh, oh, yeah, we had we had Baker Mayfield. He had to finish less than 24 for me to win. That Which, happened. By the way, was close at was less close. than eight points. Thank I, you. <laughs> That was an insane week that he was close at like almost a QB two with eight points. Yeah. Right. But still, I you won. won. He you was won. less than 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost wanted to, to, to text Chase and be like, hey, look, I actually had to move Baker Mayfield up because all of a sudden PJ Walker was playing. Right. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, I had like, moved yeah. him two spots up, but I still won. And then I won the Janu Smith thing too. Right. We had a, a 12, 18. So, but oh. in my defense, he was not the last. He was not the overall last starting quarterback. No, he was not the overall last starting quarterback. That's yeah. not how the game works, Chase. That's, that's not, not how that's works. not how the game works. But. <laughs> Adam, how you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, yeah, suffering through the injuries uh, like everyone else. But I, I think there are some fun things to be excited for. And I think number one on my list is I think it's officially, if you haven't been 
in it yet is time to watch out for Tyree Kill to be the first receiver to eclipse 2000. Um, yeah. I, I think that conversation's – I think we're ready to have that if we weren't already, uh, which I think is awesome. That's, that's really cool to see in real time. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Like, you're just – Look, I don't. I want to knock on all kinds of wood, whatever's <laughs> yeah. wood around me right now, because it's just, we've seen so many superstars yeah. get injured that I'm almost afraid to say, like, yes, we're definitely watching history in the making here. But he's on that pace. The potential's there. The potential he's, he's, is very. He's there. on that pace, and it's it's really exciting to watch him. It's really exciting to watch this, this Dolphins offense. And uh, you know, right away we got a question coming up from uh, David Koo. Happy Hump Day, David. Yes, sir. He's four and two in his PPR league. He needs our thoughts. He gave up. Kenneth Walker and Garrett Wilson for Cooper Cup. Was that a good or a bad trade? He still has DeAndre Swift and Aaron Jones the rest of season. Adam, what do you think about this trade rest of season? I'm I'm fine with it. I think Cooper Cup already has hit his stride and been one of the top receivers, top assets you can have uh in a you know season-long setting. So yeah, I, I you got the best player involved. I think that's what matters. Garrett Wilson, there's still definitely question marks. It's been good as of late, but how confident are you in Zach Wilson the entire season getting him the ball? I'm cool with it. If this is the first two weeks after all the injuries that Cooper Cup has had uh, to come back and play like this in two weeks, I'm if, if it holds up to this, you know, he continues to get uh, more fresh, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's, you're never on the wrong side when you get Cooper Cup. That that much is for sure. I just with running backs being such a premium, that trade's actually a lot closer than I think it would have been for me a few weeks ago because how good Kenneth Walker has been and how the running backs are just dwindling uh, right now. Uh, Chase, here's a question for you, Eric three four three six. Should I trade Nico Collins for Puka Nakua? I haven't getting different opinions. What do you think, Chase? Uh, I, I I think it's kind of unnecessary. Honestly, I think they're they're probably similar in range for the rest of the season. So I don't necessarily know that this, I don't know that this improves you or or hurts you either way. Rest of season very much. I mean, we just talked about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup came back and was phenomenal. But Puka's been special this year. He's been special this year, and he, I, I don't think he's going away just because Cup is all of a sudden in there. Now he won't be. He probably won't be the top eight asset that we all had had for the first six or five weeks of the season. But um, I, I still have him as a, as a high to mid wide receiver two at worst. And I think that's where Nico Collins is living right now as well as a high, high to mid wide receiver two. Um, so I, I one, one for one at the same position, those kinds of trades very rarely make a lot of sense unless you're going from real risk to real safety or vice versa, like taking a big swing. And I just, I just don't see it as being a trade you'd need to make. So that, I mean, I probably wouldn't pull the trigger on it or I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress over it either way. That's just my take on it. This probably won't help Eric because like he says, he's been getting different opinions, but I totally disagree with you, Chase. I would make this trade in a heartbeat. Nico Collins for Puka Nakua. First of all, the two weeks back with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua has been a wide receiver 23, but we've seen Nico Collins, even without Tank Dell, be a wide receiver 37. He hasn't been very good. And what we've seen now is that when he plays against perimeter corners, you're better off just go ahead and benching him. He's a, boy, he's a borderline flex play, if that right now. I'm sorry. I just think ultimately Nico is a nice player, not a great 
great player. I think Puka Nakua's role is going to be Robert Woods the rest of the way, which we've seen be a top 15 wide receiver. I don't put Nico Collins in that same tier as a high-end wide receiver, too. I think he's a low-end wide receiver, too, at best, depending upon the matchup. More likely a boomer bust wide receiver three most of the weeks. I definitely think Puka is going to be way more consistent, especially with the way this offense is built. And now Kyron Williams out of the picture, the, the Rams might just throw all the time. Uh, so I, I am making this. They, yeah, they might have. Yeah, you're right there. They might have to. Tr- they might start throwing even more than they already have been with the injuries to their entire uh, running back core. And hey, how ironic is that? That all of a sudden every running back that's ever played for the Los Angeles Rams, except Cam Akers, is injured right after they trade Cam Akers away. Good work, guys. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to be going on a rant about those Rams back. It has, it has nothing to do with them. Actually, it's got all. It's got to do with our partners in crime in the ECR and some of the things I've been hearing about around the industry when they come to the dissecting this Rams backfield. That's making me want to tear my head off. Um, I got a few rants today, so don't, don't you guys worry. Mostly because me and Chase had to miss our Sunday show because you know my dad was too drunk to drive and I didn't feel like making him sit in the basement <laughs> with his thoughts alone while I did the show. So <laughs> I figured we would skip that part. Uh, but yes, yeah, so no further ado. Let's go ahead and. Jump into our first matchup of the week. We got the Monday night game between the Jacksonville Jaguars, New Orleans Saints. Like many of the games this week, I don't know how exciting it's going to be. It's got a 39.5 over under heading into this one. The Saints, as of now, are favored minus one, mostly because it's home. And Trevor Lawrence, nobody really knows how healthy he is exactly on that knee injury at the moment. Uh, right now, I don't have any value as far as picking a team, but if you want to go over under Trevor Lawrence and Saints and right now everyone's going on the under the past 3 weeks in a row so I am going to go ahead and take the under and cash that going into this game and you're going to see the under being a cashing theme throughout this weekend unfortunately for fantasy football purposes on the flip side you still make money uh, but for fantasy football purposes we want to see more overs than not the injury report of course we got Trevor Lawrence's knee issue Zay Jones if he hasn't been officially ruled out I think he's going to be soon uh we got the Saints here Derek Carr was listed with his shoulder chest issue, but judging by the way he threw the ball 53 times last week, I think he's actually okay. Uh, Chris Olave dealing with a toe but hasn't missed any time. He played fine. Juwan Johnson is out. Jamal Williams, we still don't have a uh, a, a d- determination one way or another. He's questionable heading into this week. He may come back and play. He may not. People are making too much a big a deal about the Thursday thing of it all. They're like, oh, it's a short week. He's not going to come back and play. He's been off for four weeks. If he's healthy, he's healthy. <laughs> it's like, not it's a short <laughs> week for him. It's been a long month. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Like It doesn't really matter in, in his situation. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence here. I have him outside my top 12. Now I have him at 14, not too far off, but ECR doesn't have him at 12. They're telling him to play him as a QB one. I can't bring myself to do it. You have the Saints that give up the seventh least amount of points to the quarterback position. He's now dealing with this knee issue. I don't. I think he's finished maybe twice once this season inside the top twelve as it is. I think I, I don't have the note right in front of me, but it's, it's I only think one. that was quarterback eight. I think is his best finish of the yes, season. And that was it. Um, so like, I mean, Adam, are are you going to start Trevor Lawrence? You find any other option? I know six teams are on by, so it makes it a little more difficult. But what do you got? Yeah, I mean. I think it's a weak look if you have the space or already have a guy on the roster to replace him with that do it uh, by all means. I think he's a fringe start guy, but with all the buys, you know, keeping people on rosters, needing to fill spots on rosters, 
filling that spot, I think in most cases, is just going to end up being a luxury because I do think he's probably around the the 12 to 14 mark for me. I, I, again, fringe guy, but are you going to add a guy who's maybe a spot or two higher uh, instead of one of these running backs or or someone who can get you points in other places that you have guys on by or hurt or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I don't, Chase, let me ask you this question. Are you buying low on Trevor Lawrence or are you just staying or you just don't think you're going to get any value for or you don't want to give him up or I don't even, yeah. Are you going to buy low on him? Let's just put it that way. Would you buy low on him? I don't know that I'm buying low because I, I mean, I'm, if I don't know, I don't, I, I'm not in position to have to buy quarterback right now. And if you, if you're in position that you feel like you have to go out and get quarterbacks right now with there might either be somebody on the way or what you could probably, you could probably stream and get the exact same, value that you've been getting out of trevor lawrence now that's a pain in the ass but so has starting trevor lawrence been you haven't gotten you i just told you that his highest finish on the season was quarterback eight which is about right where he was drafted so his absolute peak is what he was drafted at not his average is what he and we were all expecting much more from trevor lawrence and it hasn't been that the guys around him haven't been you know good i mean he's still got christian kirk is still playing well Calvin Ridley's been a little mercurial, but I mean, he's still, Evan Ingram is still a top 10 tight end. It's just, we haven't seen what we were expecting out of him right now. I, I mean, if, if you're hurting that bad for a quarterback that you feel you got to go out and get one, I mean, yeah, you're not going to be hurting any worse for going out and getting him. I just, I wouldn't be giving up anything too substantial for him right now. And I, I have him. I, I was, I was big on Trevor Lawrence. I, in terms of in terms of my my shares of him because I was waiting until that round that range in a lot of cases and that he was who I de- determined to be the best guy left available, um, but yeah I'm not excited about having him on any of my rosters right now. It's just kind of like okay well I'll run him out there I'll run him out there unless the matchup dictates otherwise and it's increasingly looking like the matchup is dictating otherwise in certain circumstances. Yeah. I mean, their schedule gets better as we get to towards the end of the year. I think that's what you're asking yourself. Do you think he's going to pick himself back up? I mean, a top 10 quarterback, we thought he was going to be, that would be the idea. But right now you're not wrong. It's not something you necessarily want to attack at the moment, especially with so many buys. Uh, we do have a question coming in from SJMP. Do I start Rasheed Rice or Curtis Samuel this week? Samuel, who has been on a hot streak as of late with the touchdown, his hobbies with the commanders playing like trash with the giants but Rasheed rice being the quote-unquote number one uh i'll i'll field this one and i'll ask adam to see what he thinks i do have curtis samuel two spots two spots ahead of Rasheed rice so i'm kind of on the fence of like you go either way here but what i will say and what i was going to bring up about Rasheed rice later on in the show is that he's still not playing enough snaps where he is third fourth on the team in the rotation still now his route percentage has climbed up and last week we saw it hit 50%, but he hit 51% three weeks ago and then it went down the 47 and then went down the 25. So it wasn't necessarily an indication that he was definitively going to take over the role. I think he should. I think he has the talent. I think you're stashing Rasheed Rice rest of season. I like Rice more than Curtis Samuel and his upside, but for this week, I'm probably just going to ride the hot hand in Curtis Samuel until we get some more definitive action out of Rasheed Rice. Adam, how do you see this I, I think it depends on the team build out a little bit uh in the sense that you know Curtis Samuel might be a little bit safer I think I lean Rasheed Rice though uh overall I tend to like the more aggressive play and from my point of view 
over under in that Washington game versus the Giants pitiful uh, and the Chargers Chiefs game could be one of the very few games that actually gets any significant points. Uh, and that's really about it is I, I think he's the best receiver on the Chiefs. He's not getting uh, the play that you would like, as you mentioned, but I do think he's the best wide receiver. I should mention, obviously, uh, Kelsey. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's the best at his position on the team, and I think um, the game script's a lot better for him. Yeah, um, Derek Carr, we're not playing him. Watching Derek Carr and the Saints offense play football right now is like being hung by your pinky toes while being slapped in the face repeatedly with a wet paper towel. Like, it's just, it's that brutal watching Derek Carr and Norland Saints have to play offense at the moment. And yeah, so QB 18, we're not playing him. Uh, if you, you know, I got no bets for him. His, 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 his passing yard prop, if you were curious, it's 235 and a half yards. He's been over and under that three of six games. So 50 50. I just, I'm staying away from that altogether. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's been, he's, I'm a little bit lower on ECR than he is, but I still have him as an RB1 in my top 10. I got him an RB7. He's first guy, I'm an RB3. It's a tough match against the Saints. I mean, they've allowed the third fewest points to the running backs, the ninth fewest rushing yards. So I'm actually not really keen on his player prop at 16 and a half on top of it. And it's just a spot where maybe, maybe Travis Etienne doesn't fall into the end zone twice. Maybe prepare yourself for that. Uh, that's, you know, that's all I'm saying. But he's, he's still, he's still obviously an RB1. If Jamal Williams does return, Chase, how much volume do you think that takes away from Alvin Kamara? I don't know that it takes away a ton of the scoring volume from him. Um, you know, I think that Jamal Williams might take some early down work from him. Might. I think he probably takes the, you know, the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts kind of thing from him. And he might, and that's a might, take some of the, the goal line carries away. But Alvin Kamara's actually been getting, you know, like, fun, nice usage to see, uh, since he came back from his, from his debacle. Um, so I, I just, I don't necessarily know that he takes enough volume away, enough of the volume away that, that Kamara scores on typically. I mean, he might take a few carries away that are short yardage type carries. Uh, and obviously Kamara's explosive enough to always bust those. But, uh, I think that, I think that Williams walks in as a, as a short yardage back, kind of what we saw, what we thought we would see this year, except, not as much volume for Williams, especially right now coming off of the injury. Um, I'm not worried about it, especially this week. I'm not worried, even if Williams does play, not worried about the volume he's taken away from Alvin Kamara, and it's definitely not downgrading Kamara in any way, shape, or form for me, even when Williams does show his face again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried in the sense of like Alvin Kamara is not a player. You have to like carry oh, yeah, him no, no, no. a lineup or anything like that. But do I think this could knock him from an RB1 to a high-end RB2, depending upon what his role, Jamal Williams, that is, winds up being? I think it could because Kamara's just living on volume right now. He's not it, really it, scoring. It's the, re it's the red job. zone usage that you got yeah. that you that you're worrying or not worrying about what wondering about. Yeah, 100%. So I think it's enough to be like, all right, maybe the ceiling on Kamara gets limited a little bit, but ultimately you know he's getting all the passing work. He'll still be a fine fantasy asset and one you have to hold on to right now. Uh, SJMP coming in with a bunch of questions here, so let's help him out. He wants to know, should he trade Adam Thielen for Puka Nakua and Alvin Kamara? I mean, my immediate thought is absolutely 100% yes. Now, he brings up a point, and I, I, this is a good point to bring up. You, you know, People are super psyched because Adam Thielen is lighting it up over the past few weeks, and this looks absolutely fantastic. Here's the deal. They just changed play callers in Carolina. We're going mm -hmm. to see some changes 
changes happen. And feeding Adam Thielen the ball hasn't helped Bryce Young. It hasn't helped this team win games. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a definitive that they'll continue to feed Adam Thielen the way that they have. And I do think it's more likely than not that the Carolina Panthers will look to bring somebody in during the trade deadline at the wide receiver position. Now, whether that's a Jerry Judy type or somebody else, I don't know. But I do think it's a good chance they're going to be adding to this. Uh, he, Adam helped him out with this one. He also was trying to figure out his Kyron situations. And I've been in the same boat with this because I had Kyron in quite a few leagues. Uh, Zach Evans on the waiver wire. Do I need another back? Because he was starting Kyron and Algier. Oof, brutal. Uh, his receiving core, just so we know, is Devonta Smith, Rasheed Rice, Curtis Samuel, Adam Thielen, George Pickens. I also have Jerry Judy, but I'm looking to trade Judy. Uh, well, I'll just go back to his first one real quick. SMGMP, uh, SJMP, uh, based on this team you're sending us, definitely trade Adam yes. Thielen, Puka Nakua, and Adam Kamara like right immediately if that trade is on the block. Uh, but Adam, would you pick up Zach Evans to replace his Kyron Williams? I'm probably not. Uh, I mean, if you have a spot and he's just like an ad, right, since we're past waiver night, then go for it. There's worse things to be using that spot on. But I'm not particularly sold on this being anything incredible. I think if anyone's trying to confidently sell you one of these backs, they're out of your their minds. But I don't feel like it's Zach Evans. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not there. We might we might have a showdown later, maybe. Maybe we'll finally get Adam on the showdown <laughs> later. Just a little a little teaser for later on in the show. All right, so uh, keep wrapping this thing up. Calvin Ridley, man, uh, ECR still projecting at wide receiver fifteen outside of week one. He he hasn't been a wide receiver two. He hasn't been a wide receiver one. He's been a wide receiver three every single week since that week one matchup against the Colts. I got him at wide receiver twenty three, and that's only because six teams are on by. And I wish Chris was here. We we let him take a victory lap way too soon after week one. <laughs> way, way too soon after week one. I had him ranked at wide receiver 27. That's what he's on his way to being, a wide receiver three. He is wide receiver 25 and half point PPR leagues with the week one production built in. He gets the tough match because Marshawn Lattimore, his player prop is 53 and a half. Guess what? I'm taking the under on that. He's been under that four of the last six. He's been out-targeted by Christian Kirk, who he has been the wide receiver too. He has been the wide receiver 19, including his dud performance since week one. And since week two, if you want to take away that week one where it was all Ridley and none of Kirk, Kirk's actually been the wide receiver 12, while Ridley's been the wide receiver 40. He's not getting open. He looks exactly how he did the last year he was in Atlanta without Julio Jones, getting all the volume and producing absolutely none of the work that you're looking for. I don't know, Chase. I'm not seeing a wide receiver, too, in Calvin Ridley. And if you could sell him high, oh, boy, am I trying to sell him high based on his name and his previous production. Oh, definitely. I, I think that, you know, you might get somebody to bite on the name recognition and the excitement that we all had coming into the season for him. Uh, you might find somebody who's still clinging on to that. And yeah, if you can find somebody to take him off your hands, uh, you can find more. Uh, I think you, you know, I think you said it. He's just, he's, he's been a wide receiver three, but he hasn't even necessarily been a fun to watch consistent wide receiver three. You could find somebody who's going to give you consistently better production somewhere down the line. Um, yeah. Christian Kirk has definitely not, not fallen off from last year 
the way that I think a lot of people predicted when Ridley was supposed to be coming and be the be all end all there in Jacksonville. So yeah, if you can get, if you can move Calvin Ridley for something more consistent, uh, regardless of whether it's at wide receiver or running back, uh, I would do that. I would make that move. I have, I have him and I have actually, uh, in fact, last night I had some, uh, some trade talks with somebody over him trying to, trying to, trying to get me to move him off of him so that I could, uh, you know, get some assets for him for the future. There you go, Chase. Do that and pull the trigger. I don't even know what the assets are. Just do it. Uh, Chris Olave, I got him at wide receiver 10. His player prop is 61 and a half receiving yards. I have him on the over. He's been over that four of the last six games. And the Jaguars are allowing the six most, most receiving yards to the wide receivers. Speaking of Christian Kirk, I got him at wide receiver 17 this week. I do like him. He gets the better inside match against the Saints secondary. That's what you want. And he's been over his 51 and a half receiving yard mark four of the last six so i'm taking the over on him uh michael thomas continues to be a low level ho-hum flex play high-end wide receiver four type um it's, it's funny enough his player prop of 52 and a half yards he's technically been over that four of the last six but he's been like right there it's like it's like 53 55 like yeah. you're literally coming within like a couple of yards so i'm i'm staying away from it it's been a little too close uh there for my blood I probably should give him a little more credence. I didn't, but I know Rashid Shahid scored. He's had two games where he's been relevant. I mean, are you guys going to plug and play him anywhere in your flex, Adam? Not until this offense becomes a little more consistent, which what I'll admit is I think that there's a, a pathway uh, to the offense getting a little bit better down the stretch. Um, you know, at, the further we've gotten from Carr's shoulder injury, it is, does seem to be trending up. It's not anything incredible, obviously. Um, but I do think these weapons are decent. I think he's a pretty good young player. Um, so he's someone that I don't even know if I'm adding him, but I think he's he's someone that's in the back of my mind as, as you know, if the offense gets a little more consistent, if things start going his way more, I'm interested. But, yeah, I'm not playing him now. He's a much yeah. better best ball type than he is. You're, you're never going to guess right with Rashid Shahid. You're never going to guess when the right time to put him in the lineup is. Totally agree with that 100%. Uh, Evan Ingram, he continues to get enough volume that I keep placing him in top 10. He's my my tight end eight this week. He's got a prop of 41 and a half receiving yards. Yes, he's been over that four of the last six games. The problem is the Saints allowed the third fewest receiving yards to the tight end. So I'm not getting overly excited with that one, but you still play Evan Ingram this week. Let's get to our next matchup and maybe we'll even be able to get Chris hidden on the other side.